जर्नी are you doing these days and yeah please yeah sure uh, thanks so much for having me akshat so my name is angad i am uh, in the broadest sense i am somebody who is a creative communications person an artist a visual artist a former journalist and i worked a lot in the sort of branding and storytelling space i found myself in web3 during the lockdown so back when we were all sort of locked into our houses there was this app called clubhouse that the whole world suddenly seemed to be on and seemed to be living on and it was sort of while i was on this space that i met some people who were talking about nfts and this is before that big people sale happened this is before you know nfts were like big money and at this point the idea that i kind of fell in love with was the whole idea of decentralization you know we live in a world where there are literally four or five major conglomerates or not even conglomerates there are four or five major sort of organizations that literally control the internet they literally control everything and yes web2 was a great space where creators suddenly you know had an opportunity to voice and create and also to some extent monetize what they're doing right but with web3 you could own i mean we don't own any content we put on instagram or facebook or you know anywhere else and all of a sudden i was introduced to this whole world which was a whole lot of creators and when i say creators and i mean for the purpose of the rest of this conversation as well i'm not talking just artists or sort of visual artists and whatever i'm talking anybody who is creating something even on the tech end developers coders literally anybody who is building this whole ecosystem so i kind of fell in love with this whole space and found that there was still a very big disconnect with how artists from this part of the world south asian artists indian artists were getting access to all of the things that were happening i mean web3 is supposed to be this sort of beautiful utopian dream right it's supposed to be completely anonymous yet transparent but within this we still had a lot of disparity between what say an indian artist was you know either not even selling their work for but even offering their work for sale for versus what something in the west was being put up for and i i don't want to go too deep into this unless it's okay with you akshay because i do have a story of how i started the organization that i did and this is an organization called colors of india we are basically a collective of uh, at the moment i think we've onboarded over 3000 indian artists into the nft space and essentially the reason we started was again these were days when we were living on clubhouse so after the auction there was a bunch of people who i mean curators artists who had sort of uh, sold their work in the auction collectors other people who were actively involved in that sitting and talking about representation they were talking about how 
black artists sold for less than white artists and male artists sold for more than female artists. And I noticed something in that, in that clubhouse room, which is all the brown people were sitting in the audience. We were not even part of a conversation about representation. That's how underrepresented we were. And from there, this whole sort of introspective journey started for me, where we actually got together a bunch of, uh, you know, artists who were active in the space from this part of the world. And we started talking and we were like, you know what, why is it that we're not there? Why is it that we don't have a seat at the table? It's not that somebody's denying us. It is just that over, you know, generations of a certain way of, uh, you know, a certain cultural identity that we have developed, uh, partly thanks to uh, colonialism and whatever, that we are not taught to sell ourselves. We are not taught to tell stories. We are not taught to build brands. We're great at executing things, which means that as artists, where you're supposed to express your individuality and tell your stories, we're very, we're lacking very, very deeply. Like we don't, you know, we can't find ourselves at those tables because we don't know how to tell stories like these other guys do. Like kids in the US are literally selling themselves and pitching themselves and presenting themselves from preschool. They have to do presentations and talks right from they're like four or five years old. So that by the time they get to college or even after, they're just so good at selling a doodle on a napkin and confidently selling it to you for over an ETH. When a kid from India who's probably spent two months making a 3D render is scared of putting it up for $50. And if it sells for $50, they're like, you know, so grateful because someone bought their work. So there is this whole, um, you know, situation that exists in our country. And a lot of it is cultural. A lot of it is social that we started to sort of work towards changing through Colors of India. And uh, Colors of India is basically an artist DAO. Now, this is where I was introduced to the concept of DAOs because we're like, okay, we want to do something for the community. But it's not something that we want to do for profit. How do we make this work? And went deeper into the Web3 ecosystem. Even long story short, or rather, I've already gone <laughs> long story long. But um, I am one of the founders of this organization called Colors of India. And I also work with, again, sorry, I will actually continue the story because it gets us to where I'm at right now. So. Of course, we were, we were helping build the ecosystem by bringing more people in, but a very big problem, a very real problem in this ecosystem is that there is yet, you know, there is no market for it. You know, there is a huge gap between the number of people creating things. And again, I go back to the same creators, right? Be it tech, be it art, be it whatever. There are a lot of people creating amazing things. I think technologically, we're probably, and uh, you know, Rahul is probably a better person to talk about this than I am, but we're probably sitting 10 years behind what has already been created in terms of its consumption. Because there is literally this huge knowledge gap that exists. So what I then sort of wanted to do was to actually start bridging this gap. Started figuring out how the best ways to do this would be. So Colors of India was actively working on some stuff. I was also sort of talking to a lot of organizations and I eventually, you know, it took me about 18 months to pitch to these guys, but uh, today I am working with Social and Impresario, which is essentially a, you know, huge hospitality chain that has over a hundred outlets across the country. Social is probably the sort of source of all culture and subculture in the country. So 
it took a really long time for us to actually sort of figure out how social was going to come into the whole ecosystem. But we've now started with India's first NFT gallery. So this is a full-time NFT gallery at a space, at a new space in Bangalore. This is it's called the New Bell Road Gallery. We went down this route because social as an organization already has a huge community of their own. That community fits all the right demographics for Web3 and for sort of people who would be interested in Web3 because predominantly these are young people, creative people, people who are sort of um, open-minded and well-educated and are already using tech. So they just become, I mean, they just sort of became like the ideal partner to do this. So at the moment, what I'm sort of doing the most is bridging Web2 and Web3, be it through conversations, be it through uh, workshops. And of course, we now have physical spaces. So we've got a space in, um, you know, at New Bell Road where we're inviting Web3 creators, again, across the board, startups, people who are building things that they want to introduce to actual end users. Because again, there is a huge gap between what is interesting to a developer and what they feel really excited about versus how it translates to the end user. And you know, these are some gaps that you know, really exist in Web3 because already you're looking at these huge, this is sort of very massive learning curve for people, right? We speak a whole other language when we are talking in the Web3 community. Even stuff as simple as minting and burning and you know, literally everything has a term that does not actually make sense to the layperson. So you're already sort of talking about an intimidating piece of tech with so much misinformation because you know, obviously crypto, illegal, you know, black money, there's so much negative connotation that the media has already put out. And then you top it all off with a whole new language, a whole new learning. Yeah, uh, sorry I went on like a really long rant, but I think I will uh, stop here. But essentially, I uh, am an artist and I bridge, uh, or I'm trying to bridge Web2 and Web3. That's awesome. That That is really impressive. And I, I should say, uh, thank you for taking through that, uh, us through that journey. That was important and helpful for, of course, for us and for the audience. Um, so I'm glad you did that. And so Rahul, I'll give the stage to you. Now talking about me. So uh, I'm a self-taught designer. So I started designing because I was insecure with my skin. I have a very brown, like I have brown skin. And like when I was in my teenage, I wanted to look much brighter. So yeah, I started using Photoshop for that. And that just threw me into the rabbit hole of designing what branding is, what marketing design is. And uh, I've been doing that for the last eight years. And when the co when COVID happened, I think most of us all got the chance to relook at what we are doing. So I was already in the system working in an agency in Ahmedabad for four five years when COVID happened. And when that hit, I was like, you know what? I need to rethink what I want to do with life. Like this regular routine is good, but let's find something. So I stopped. Uh, I thought about it. I talked with a few of my older clients. And one of my clients makes no-code products and that kind of clicked to me and uh, I started working with them making no-code products so Webflow, Bubble, they were multiple products which can help you make no-code like so you don't have to write a single line of code and being a commerce guy who became a designer coding was not in my uh, skills 
I would say, and I tried learning it. I won't lie, I tried learning it, but I think after school it gets boring to learn something from the basics. So uh, I started doing a job there, and uh, the founder there pushed me to uh, join a cohort which will help me build products. Being a designer, I always wanted to be maker, but never got the chance because you would need code to do that. So I joined their cohort, and I learned that if you don't have the skill. is better to know the person who knows the skills so then you can collaborate and work on those things right for example uh, many people still don't believe that i'm a designer who can't sketch and they say like you are a designer how can you not sketch you what if you need to uh, like draw something and show a storyboard i was like i have friends who can do that for me i'll pay them some amount and i'll get that work done so i did the same thing here i work with few uh, developers who can code amazingly and while doing that one of a coder friend asked me rahul i need a logo for this product i was like explain me the product what it is so the talk thing anger talk about right like people are not able to sell themselves but that's been one of my biggest pain in my whole design journey because i started freelancing before even i had a design job so my first thought was let's sell ourselves let's market the hell out of your own self because if you won't then who will and in gujarati we have a saying which is called bolya vina bor na mecha that means even the bor the berries right the smaller berries which you buy for 10 rupees like a bunch of it even if you don't speak and shout people won't know that you're selling them and they won't even buy the small thing so you need to start marketing yourself and while joining the cohort i started marketing myself that i do branding logos and everything and that's when my friend asked me to do a branding if he was not aware he won't be and i won't be into web3 so he asked me to make this uh, logo for this product which he was building and like any branders and i asked like what is the product so he explained the concept of blockchain nft to me and being naive on that time i was thinking yeah nft is like an artist is selling his painting or it's a collection kind of thing where you buy and you pay him amount and you can resell it and the value is only residing in people buying it so if nobody is buying it the value of the nft would could just go to zero because nobody is buying it like sports memorabilia and like antiques right so i made the logo got into web3 started making products and while making products i found out you know what nfts are not just not just the artistic thing they are that i mean that's the how the things start but then i understood that for mass adoption for people to take something you need to go with visual mediums and that is how the world works if there's a reason why even the biggest tech companies who are making complicated products are still using video ads why they are not publishing books about their products because video and visuals are much easier to consume for humans and so i understood that why people like nfts which were non fungible tokens are starting with artist or art because those are the people who will take the leap of faith who will buy something invest money into something without understanding the full thing so i still so as anger said that there are so too many jargons around uh, crypto there is too many uh, technical terms which a uh, layperson doesn't understand and uh, honest truth here in my whole web3 journey which is one and half years i have only bought one nft i, I have multiple nfts which i have received but i have only bought one nfts nft the reason for that is cuz i come from the decentralized part of it i believe that everything should be your own ownership you should not use centralized exchanges you should use decentralized exchanges and everything right but when i was so that also comes with the risk of managing my own wallet so when i tried buying any nft i was always afraid okay if i buy if it was scammy 
because it's too technical like even as a designer who whose job is to make it more uh, simpler for people to understand is tech too technical for me to understand i don't know where the contract is signing from i have to so buying an nft or buying an art piece in real life is much easier i go to a gallery i see the art i ask the uh, sales person who's the artist it i study that i see if it's a fake or not i trust the gallery on that and then done the transaction happens in 3 4 steps and then you don't have to worry about the trust like you don't have to worry that this gallery will sell me fake uh, stuff or even scam me but in nfts on web3 you have to worry about that even if you know the artist so it's not about the artist the exchanges might do that the contracts might do that you don't know where you are signing in your wallet might get into some spammy thing and you lose your own wallet right so like all the money in it so that fear is still with me and that's why i still don't buy nfts i if i'm buying nfts i'll send the money to uh, the artisans ask him or her to send me the nft instead of minting it which i feel cuz i don't want to connect my wallet i would rather do the p2p uh, artist thing right so i'm still on the edge on the nft side on that thing but yeah that's what i've been doing and this is why i chose branding so when covid happened i transitioned from branding to product design i said i do i was making products and started doing product design but when i saw web3 and i saw this chance so to give an example how i think about me joining web3 was like the independence right like when independence of india happened that decision impacted life for millions of people on that moment now in web3 we have the chance to do something which hopefully in future will impact lives of billions of people right and i'm getting a chance to be part of that this early and while in tech there are many developers who have been like already make their mark uh, there are product designers who have already made their mark uh, for example jake butcher right visualize value that that person has already made his mark on uh, nft space but on brand brand space right? on marketing communication space the opportunity has just opened up because people want to know more about this but mm-hmm. other people the tech people are in their own bubble they are talking in that own terms as jargons and everything and we want creators we want con- uh, content creators who are talking in lay person terms so people understand like i can't explain my father what an nft is or it's too complicated right if Ang- angad will explain he'll talk about the artist side of it if i'll explain i'll talk about the token side of it because technically i see so much uh, application with nfts right i have an nft i get into a event without even like buying a ticket i have an nft i got into a zoom event just login connecting my wallet i have an nft i get specific perks that is one side of nfts i have an nft that nft can behave like a puzzle piece where there are five more people who have their same nfts and when only we all six connect our wallets and like sign that we get something so it also works as six different keys so i see technical side of it angad would talk about the artist side of it and there would someone who would talk about the code side of it right so this is why explaining this to my parents or to the mass public is becoming tougher and i think that's why right now we need content creators we need brand designers we need marketing designers to talk about the simplicity of blockchain or how the use case of blockchain instead of just talking that blockchain is this we are early early we need to talk how early we are and we need to say how they can get into it yeah that's all that is again awesome thank you and i think you ended on a very very important note to make it simple we need not only tech but also non tech 
folks with with experience in marketing mm-hmm. communicating uh, to the larger audience in simple uh, terms what exactly is this technology and more importantly how this technology influence right impacts our lives at grassroots level and i mean uh, what i love about uh, what both angad and you have uh, rahul you have shared so far is the you both have strong why is you know the why did you start doing this uh, what was the purpose of this journey uh, where you are today so anger talking about under representation in terms of the art world especially south asian artist and then you talking about impacting lives of billions of people from this new technology so that's obviously really inspiring and but uh, i think there's a common thread as well that you both talked about so let's double click on that which is there is a disconnect in terms of people not able to sell their work and when i say sell uh, it's communicating with a user an end user that hey i made this product which is of good quality which you would love to experience right so it's not just about the money but it's about um, connecting a creator with a consumer so to speak um so and and this also i like to uh, think about this specific topic in terms of the nft narrative right so the nft narrative as uh, i see today is between brands how they are exploring nfts and how artists are exploring nfts so this topic about connecting with the consumer is more so on the artist side right so what are your thoughts on that i mean what is the bridge today what what do you really see today how are artists or these creators um using current tools and resources to reach their audience so i think i'm i'm literally just going to pick up from where i will left the answer to your question as well really comes down to first up the storytelling right when we talk about this technology when we talk about the blockchain or we talk about tokens or we talk about you know nfts when we talk about any of this the problem or the mistake that the industry is making right now is they are talking about what is inside my iphone like basically right now when you try to break it down you're telling me what circuit is being used i have never asked that question about my iphone it is it is not how you know this this beautiful piece of technology was sold to any of us we were sold on the user interface we were sold on essentially the softer more emotional end of it on how it impacts our lives and that is where so coming back to like your specific question right that is where i feel like the art the art side of this cannot sell this in isolation right rahul touched on this as well where he was talking about how if he does not understand how a contract works he doesn't know if he's going to be scammed or not if basically if as a creator or as a consumer you do not understand where the pitfalls lie you're not going to really want to trust it right and on the other hand if you only and only try talking about the tech and what that is doing you're never going to get the emotional connect to actually get people to resonate with it and you want to get in on it so the key is actually in finding a middle ground and working together to actually develop and build things um i mean i say development buildings obviously i don't mean like you have an artist building the tech but you actually need to figure out how 
that piece of tech fits into user experience and then tell that story and build that narrative. And from the art side, most artists who are actually now finding success are you know people who have taken the time to understand how to make their own contract, how to sort of use things like Manifold or whatever else, rather than just sticking to regular platforms, which again are still relatively centralized. So you're still not really going decentralized. And of course, there is a middle ground between sort of going completely decentralized right now, because that is a very scary place to be, which as Rahul was saying, um, if you're, you know, when you talk about something as simple as wallet security, we are used to our money lying in banks and centralized banks where there is a certain um, comfort level where somebody is held accountable if something goes oh, wrong yes. and that somebody is not me. Right. Somebody is looking after my money. Somebody is looking after whatever it is that I have put in that bank. They have insurances. There is, you know, a regulatory body. When you go deep into Web3, there is no regulatory body. You do something wrong. You click on one wrong link. You lose your entire wealth. You forget your, you know, <laughs> you forget your key code. You lose your entire, you know, you, you forget your seed phrase. You lose everything you've ever got. And you know, there are cases where there are millions and millions of dollars worth of Ethereum or Bitcoin lying in wallets that no one can touch because either the owner died or something. So there's so many things that, um, you know, are still very intimidating. And the only way to actually get people to cross over is by um, telling them how it benefits their lives, how it changes their lives. So when we talk about NFTs with creators, what we talk about is royalties. What we talk about is provenance. We do not talk about, you know, that this is an ERC20 token or whatever, right? We're not talking about any of that. Um, it is basically to tell somebody that you're sitting here in this part of the world, or if I was to tell you about why I sort of enjoy my journey in Web3, I will tell you about the fact that I'm sitting in India, but I have, you know, in the last two and a half years or three years, I have exhibited in over 20 different countries sitting here just by sending a link to a JPEG. And that JPEG has gone up on Times Square or that has gone up on like these massive billboards in Tokyo. Um, that is what I would tell somebody who, because you know, that is that is what, you know, that is what the iPhone does, right? They're not telling you what the tech is. They're actually telling you how this is improving your life. So that is where we really need the storytelling to come in. And, you know, so when we are educating people, we need that that side to come first. That is, I just want to uh, pick on that point, right? So that's aspirational, so to speak, right? So in terms of, hey, yes, I mean, that is the potential of what we can do with this technology and having the right minds behind it. But um, let's say I want to talk from a very specific, let's say an individual's perspective. Let's say I am an up-and-coming artist. I know that prominence is a thing. I can reach a huge international audience. Uh, with this technology but again how do i explore this all on my own right so we touched upon i don't want to take all the responsibility of course creating itself is a major thing so i want to focus my time on all the creative energy but at the same time building an audience I, i'd like to hear about how important is that piece and is that really key for unlocking the rest of the potential uh from this technology or i mean I, i'm let's say i'm a clueless a creator at this point, an individual clueless creator. So how do I step in and explore? Answer to that is, I'll just give you one word and that is the answer to that, community. 
that's the answer for that whole thing so as humans we crave society we crave groups we want to be in groups right even an artist like we need validation like that's a different whole uh, thought process but still you would need people around you right and as i said like i can't code but i was able to make product because i had friends or people who can code and that's why i'm still part of communities right so even if you're a musician there are daos and communities who are talk like who wants new musician new art new talent to be in their group you join those groups and how do you find them you go where they are like you do this any anywhere else you go to internet you search music dao you search uh, guitar dao you search like you write down specific keywords and search for them you get on twitter again uh, i think for this like before doing this the artist needs to do one thing which is finding what he or she needs to do cause the thing is with art uh, like this is my perspective angad let me let me differ <laughs> with artists like in nfts what i've seen is artists bring culture into it right mm-hmm. there are two types of buyers for any nft projects the first one is who is buying it for the culture for the art for the vibes and there's the another one who is buying it for the money for the flipping like community pucks right for example uh, there are folks who bought bayc after it became a huge success because there were social status with it like if you mm-hmm. bought a bayc you were a celebrity in kind of thing like people still do that if you have bayc people are still using that as pfp cause they want to promote that hey i invested this much money into this i'm part of this elite group right so you need to first choose who you do you want to build for because if you want to build for the flippers if you want to build for the money part then you need to be part of those communities where you learn how to increase your floor price how to market yourself right but if you want to build for the artist or uh, for the art if you want to be build for the people who will connect you need to go into the story part first then the tech part right so you don't launch your nft project for 6 months you just make one image you go on twitter create an account start talking why you build that start talking like why this is important to you start tell a story so in web3 in nfts whenever like i did an nft project recently and when they came to me they are like we have these amazing looking nfts we just made this cause we like this concept as like what's the lore behind it lore means stories in uh, web3 language right so what's the story behind it? like ask what this character does like think of this like a comic book find out the character story make a back story like create a whole world around it and then start talking about that character and if you do 6 months for that people will start connecting with that character and then they'll buy the nfts cause they'll believe in your vision cause let's say if i made an nft of a superhero or right uh, male female any uh, gender right and then i started talking about that superhero story for 6 months people are now invested in that superhero story and then you know what i am going to launch an nft collection of that superhero because i want to print a comic book of it mm-hmm. then people will buy it because now they see a value they now see a uh, like tangible thing with it but you need to talk to it like this again seems thing happened with us as designers same thing happened with athletes same thing happened with content creators right why does people meet a content creator and ask that click like, click a photo with me that photo is not worth anything but that photo is what social status you will put on that on facebook social media instagram people will be like oh you met this person wow amazing you will get that validation the second thing is you will be able to tell and sell that oh i met this person for this much time or i click a photo and that has tangible value because that will get you access to people 
like once you put that on social media people will follow you so they'll because they'll feel okay you know this person or you had talk with that right so once you know your why why you want to build it then you can find communities according to that for example there's a project called samurai.xyz samurai.xyz what they do is they make music nfts and help you in that so there's a guy called pichiraj who helps you that like if you want to launch your music nfts join that project right but then don't expect to blow up like jack butcher you want to focus on your music you will slowly slowly build but you will be able to sell your art and keep the money how much it sells right people think that when they'll get into nft space they'll get this whole big market like they'll sell out like this no you won't the same audience is here the same audience in web2 if your art is good it's going to like you need to market the hell out of it a good example of in web2 i would like to give is uh, a indian hip hop artist or a rap artist called king right mm-hmm. i don't know if you've heard his songs uh, there are multiple songs which are just released and he's been booming so there were multiple artists who were on talent was amazing than him but he took the marketing side of it right so if he comes into web3 he won't sell cause he has a good art talent and everything and people are going to buy it no you need to market yourself you need to be in community and you got it's it's the necessary uh, like it's a necessary evil you got to do it you can't sure. like there are for example in 100 one person would sell based on their art but in uh, just random number i'm saying <laughs> like no data i have for that but if you market the chances increases by tenfold right so example i just given design community is not everybody will able, will be able to make a trillion dollar company's logo right you won't be able to make a apple's logo in web2 the chances of that is very less you have to work to uh, like so many years you have to do so much stuff then you get that chance in web3 cause the community is small you have that chance because you can work on products which will become trillion dollars in future right the person who designed bavis's logo might not have visualized that it might become this huge that celebrities like eminem would own his art or his logo right but it becomes so you have more chances so if you find your why then you can choose which direction you want to go and it will help you makes it easier in web3 yeah i just want to jump in with something that i feel like needs to happen even before this is and this is more not from an individual point of view but more from you know a sort of ecosystem point of view a lot of conversations and a lot of information that is out there about web3 does not show up on google searches some of the best information exists on platforms that you know nobody can get access to so i feel like something that we need is more touch points where somebody who is curious can actually get to know what's going on and then do all the steps that rahul has said so i feel like we kind of need that one bridge where if i hear something about nfts i should be able to go and actually look at content that is you know easily available and uh, relevant <laughs> because again when we talk things like board ape yacht club and whatever right this space moves so fast and i mean i'm sure both of you are aware of this right <laughs> board ape yacht club was i remember uh, when i first saw the art um, this was i think april 2021 I could have bought an ape for two hundred dollars. Some of my friends, in fact, some of the people who brought me into NFTs, were insisting, like, "Look, just buy one and keep it. It wasn't very expensive. Buy one and keep it. It may or may not be worth something, but 
there's something cool going on here. Nobody knew it was going to go that big that fast. It did. It blew up. It went to millions of dollars. It kind of, on some level, uh, pardon my language, I'm not sure if we go with this kind of language here, but it kind of fucked up the entire narrative of what was happening. Right? Because all of a sudden, when you were talking about NFTs or when you were talking about Web3 in general, the only story people wanted to know was why is this JPEG selling for a million dollars? It's a very difficult thing to justify if you cannot explain to people why this is so significant and the kind of access it is giving you, right? It was essentially what it became was an access token. It was no longer art. However, and that was not so long ago, right? But today, if you look at what's happening in the market, most PFP projects, and these are the Bode Yacht Club was a PFP project, right? Most PFP projects are failing to sell out. Partly because the big ones, the blue chips, did. And the people who wanted that access have already got that access. The ecosystem has not grown. The, the big money crypto whales who could buy, you know, the punks or the apes or, you know, a bunch of other sort of OG blue chip projects are already in those and you're not getting new people in so now what's happening is you're getting a lot more people selling editions one of one artists individual artists selling editions that seems to be the flavor right now but if i was to actually go online and try to find information on what's going on i am going to get information from them i'm going to get information about what happened with pfps and i'm going to try approaching the market with that in mind and that is no longer the right strategy to come in because the entire market has changed. You no longer have access to a lot of people you did earlier because Telegram groups that were maybe 100 people are now 100,000 people. So you no longer, so even to stand out, even to actually do the things that you could have done much easily earlier in the creator end, the consumer end is still very small. The creator end is growing every day. So for you to stand out while like what Rahul said is perfectly sort of true that your odds of standing out are much higher in this space, the strategies have now changed. It's no longer small enough for you to be, like when I came in, it was so small that I was featured in a documentary with 17 artists from around the world who were early adopters of NFTs. Like I, I had literally just minted one piece at this point, but because the ecosystem was so small, and they wanted people who could sort of, you know, represent different cultures and speak about their experiences. I was invited onto a documentary like this, like literally like a few weeks after I minted my first NFT. Today, yeah. there are huge projects with huge money, with huge sort of marketing drives, with all sorts of things going in. And there's like thousands upon thousands of people that you're trying to sort of get your voice heard over or, you know. So, that has changed and till we don't have sort of real-time information showing up on web2 platforms it's not going to be that easy for people to come in at this point that's something we definitely need to you know look at as a community say say the last part again the last part that you talked about i'm sure community is the name of the game that's true completely agree what did you talk about um access to information um, can, can you so, okay. more about I'll, I'll break that down, right? Today, if you are part of Web3, you basically exist on Twitter spaces, Discord, Telegram, right? These are crypto lives on Telegram. 
your NFTs live on Discord where your communities are and most current conversations and updates are taking place on Twitter spaces. That's where you get information. So if you want to actually stay on top of the game, these are the three things where you put your energy and time, right? You, you basically get the community knowledge and your little community networking and whatever in Discord. You pretty much get access to the crypto people who are essentially the consumers, NFTs and whatever, they are the buyers on Telegram. And any daily updates from your community or from people who are building things, from people who are doing things, conversations across communities, whatever happened on Twitter spaces. None of these are really available on Google. Mm-hmm. I cannot go on a search engine and find the information that is exchanged here. So for me, as a person who has not experienced Web3 at all, I need the first touch point. What is that first touch point? I mean, personally, and I'm not going to sort of try to shill what I'm doing here, right? But for us, like the project with social was a physical touch point mm-hmm. where you have a captive audience coming into a restaurant. They're looking around. If you can give them certain experiences and you can actually put NFTs on the walls and you can give them, you know, ways to actually integrate experiencing a little bit of Web3, you can plant a seed of curiosity. And from there, you can guide them to the resources they need. Similarly, we need, you know, this access to be available to somebody who's sitting alone at home. Or we need more physical touch points as well where you can actually go out and learn a little bit more. And in an ideal scenario, we need people from the industry to come together. I mean, when you talk about stuff like the metaverse, it's very exciting, it's all cool, people are building amazing things. But most people don't know what a real-world utility of that will be. And this is something I'm actually sort of talking to a few metaverse startups in Bangalore about where we're trying to get the community together, like the metaverse builder community together to start creating experiences that they can put out in the real world, where people can experience (laughs) what they're building and then start innovating on it. Because again, that same gap, right? You have the tech guy who is very, very into what they're doing, but really you need the entrepreneur to figure out how to market that tech and build it into a product that can be consumed. So that is where you need a Rahul to come in and say, dude, this is how I can package this and I can make something out of it. And this is how a consumer is going to buy it. That will only happen when people actually take things to the consumers. Right now, all Web3 conferences, all Web3 events are a closed bubble. You're not going out to people, which means that we're basically having the same conversations and like, stroking each other's egos and saying, yes, we're all going to make it, wag me, wag me, but we're not actually doing anything about it. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that absolutely makes a lot of sense. Rahul, did you want to add something here? I mean, I agree with the part that uh, you know, stuff is not available in Google, but I am kind of in favor that it's good is not available. Because I feel uh, Web3 right now at this space, if someone gets on this by their own, they are going to mess up more than, than they can benefit. So this has more cons right now than the pros. Right? So if I'm someone who doesn't know about blockchain, I get on Google and see, oh, you can make wallet and deposit money through the central exchange and buy NFTs. I think for newer people, it will uh, have more cons without. So it is like operating a computer 
you can switch it on like if you are opening a laptop the cons are very less you there are so many less ways you can fuck up the like working on a computer right but if you are operating a camera and if you're clicking pictures on important events and you don't know anything about it there are multiple ways you can fuck up the whole experience yeah. same thing i feel in nfts or blockchain is like i want people to come in after they have basic understanding or they don't explore on them own and then guide them step by step mm-hmm. so for example starbucks odyssey right i feel that's a good example of it cause people won't know what this whole thing in other uh, like on the back end is they are like okay we want to be part of a subscription program for starbucks we want to order coffees we get rewards when we have reached a limit we have an app which will let us follow you make a uh, smart contract wallet like i like i don't know the process of how that works yet but that i can try because the chances are very less for example in right now in blockchain people are uh, going to their uh, like mobiles right people are going mobile first right that means that people will uh, install apps so uh, so my point was people are afraid to install mobile apps even i am afraid right so there was something called people create smart wallets like smart contract wallets what that is that instead of using your traditional wallet which you have with you you log in you create a new wallet for that app and that app backs it up uh, somewhere and when you where you need some money or something transfer it to your your wallet so your wallet is safe in back end right and i'll try that instead of just connecting my own wallet and connect try an app because again the fear is still there and that yeah. is me who knows stuff who is aware about blockchain so asking someone new to do that might be an issue and that's why i think having gone cause pe- people are already afraid of blockchain when yeah. people have hear of blockchain they hear of crypto they think of money laundering scam and everything right so people are already afraid and if they this data gets on web, web 2 people will get scammed and I, as we learned into the hospital industry or in our online life that people will point out bad stuff more than the good stuff like people will write reviews for bad stuff more than the good reviews right so in blockchain uh, people will write more about that we got scammed our old wallet was drained because they won't tell that they did some scammy thing which were not a mistake because they were not aware of it correct but they'll write down what our wallet got scammed this blockchain is scam and everything right and like any industry the people who suffer are the small time investors like retail investors are the one who suffer because they don't have means to connect to people right and so that's why i feel if it's in blockchain like make it that's good that's hurdle on going on full decentralized mode where you have learn how to make metamask and everything because there are going to be cons the people are going to be afraid and then there are companies who are making the products which are web2 friendly so there's one thing which i love and i made products on that is called web2.5 Hmm. now what that is that is a mixture of web 2 and web 3 now many people are against that they are like we want full decentralized i'm like no it's not possible the process even as a human if you want me to change to liquid diet or let's say uh, if uh, i am a vegetarian right and you want me to eat non veg or i want to change to non vegetarian uh, food right i can't do that tomorrow totally like i can't eat that four times a day full protein based full meat based diet right what i'll do is i'll start one once a day or i'll start with a very uh, vanilla meat which would be a chicken right or a very very simple chicken dish which might not be that different for me to try right so that i will slowly slowly go so you need to have a bridge on those things since a thing in web 2.5 you need to make something which is mix of both so for example i made a product called uh, notific what it does was that if you have a wallet 
it will send you notification on WhatsApp. Now you're using this on WhatsApp. You want to ditch WhatsApp because the data is with them, right? The goal is to sure. do that. But right now you can't. You can't just tell people, you know, stop every communication channel you have. Go into huddle or uh, this push notification channel and talk to your people with. But that who who will who will that person will talk to? There's no other person to talk, right? That's the issue. So that's why you need to build Web 2.5 products. Uh, so uh, what uh, Unger did, right? People want in blockchain, we want everything to be digital. We want uh, metaverse and everything. But Unger made a gallery because you needed something. Like you, we needed something to connect to the digital. People will come in, they'll see in a physical space that digital, and then they'll go to metaverse to see that gallery. That's how the world is going to work in future. Like this is how you're going to transition them slowly, slowly. Like I can give you multiple examples of other ancient thing happens, but you mm -hmm. already got the point, right? So we want like, uh, we want stuff on Google. Like we want education, but we want the 2.5 stuff. We want yeah. uh, big brands to talk and make their own uh, UX, make their own flows, right? So uh, Sabag is doing it. Uh, Polygon is kind of uh, leading in that direction that you have, they have onboarded multiple brands into Web3 where mm -hmm. they'll make their, so their audience comes into it. Now they have incentives to get into it. Like I'm someone who's Googling it. I don't have incentive. I have so many risks. With Web 2.5, it's much easier. I can try Starbucks because I already buy a Starbucks coffee. Let me try this app. What's the worst thing that can happen? And I still have the parent on backend who can solve this for me. And that's the Indian thing when you are like, you fuck up, yeah. you are go to your parents, they uh, like uh, make it good for you. So the bank thing, which I'm going to talk about, same way, right? So I think that slowly we first do that. We know something, then we go to the full Web3 space. Yeah, I think I completely agree with you. In fact, what I was saying by having touch points in Google is not giving the information and the experience you get within the community, but a bridge that tells you, okay, if you want to get into Web3, here's where you need to go. Because I completely am with you. I mean, if you want people to experience anything Web3, like even what we're doing with social, like the Odyssey program, we want people to eventually, we want to build a loyalty program. But the way to do it is by giving somebody a tangible benefit and giving them something that is not difficult for them to do. So if you, if you claim the first NFT that we've minted from New Bell Road, you actually get a 10% discount across all social outlets on everything that you purchase there in any social in Bangalore. <laughs> so that became an incentive for us to teach people how to download a MetaMask. Right, that, that gives us the opportunity to actually say, okay, if you want this benefit, this is what we need you to do. You need to have a MetaMask wallet because you're now getting a Polygon token. You're now getting something that is minted on Polygon. But I don't need you to know what Polygon is. I don't need you to know what the blockchain is. All I need you to know is to get that benefit, these are the three steps you need to do. So you need to get a MetaMask, you need to save your seed phrase, you need to, you know, go to, again, a very, very simple UI. We're working with someone called SuperKit. Um, you go to SuperKit, they have a very simple sort of interface where they gamify the experience for you, where essentially we get people to interact with what's happening in the space and get some immediate benefits and get some long-term benefits on minting their first NFT without them really needing to buy crypto or interact with any of the complicated parts. And then what we found now, it's been about two months, is there are some people who get interested and then they start reaching out through 
the staff at the gallery at the restaurant and there is a protocol where they can then get connected to say a colors of india who will then bring them into the fold and help them work on whatever they need to do and then help them figure out where they fit into this whole thing if they fit in better with a certain type of community guide them there so i mean i'm completely with you i think this web 2.5 is definitely that bridge that is where we need to be the people are going to like again uh, humans do this they try to uh, gatekeep everything because uh, they feel a privilege they feel elite with doing that they're like we only know about this and nobody else is but uh, that's why people like i have seen uh, decentralized maxis who are like just we want full decentralization we don't even want one centralized thing was like the path goes to centralization you can't yeah. see no yeah. to it i i can pretend i i don't care about that but i know that i need like even being a blockchain person i need a upper hand on a safety hand right because i feel yeah. i can fuck up humans can fuck up right so we can do mistakes and we want some safety so until i become that mature or responsible uh, i would need help and centralized will help me in that and once this behavior become uh, so a great example would be uh, how uh, if you ask today's kid right let's do a phone call or pretend to do a phone call they'll do this mm. right but if you ask me and you we'll do this correct yeah because exactly. we had yeah. older phones right that's a behavior which we've been trained because we've been seeing that now for the newer kids operating an android or smart ios phone is like like eating anything like it's very normal for them they just pick up the phone they just become very uh, like one with them for us it was a task we had to learn yeah. like i remember asking my friends like how did you do this setting right my our parents it's much tougher for them they still ask us to like i remember i had a dadi who like whenever uh, her phones that uh, ringtone used to change this used to say my phone is just like like it's bigger guys it became worse mm-hmm. and then i used to just change the ringtone and they she like you oh, thank you you did good as like it's changed ringtone but so stages of behavior said people which becomes norm for it in blockchain the norm which for us is right now interacting with wallet checking things for example for me whenever say like you know what do this nft the first thing i do is check their transaction check the wallet history for that right that's a norm for me but for another person it might not be and it will become in future but till then you got to train them you got to guide them with this centralized thing yeah 100% agree 100% agree you know this this is already becoming has become to be honest my favorite podcast conversation the reason i love this so much is not just the quality of conversation but the way you guys are jumping off and vibing off each other's experiences and adding more context and more quality to it that's just awesome to hear so i'm really enjoying being an audience to you guys so thank you so much for that and then you brought up odc by uh, starbucks right so i think that is and again going back to the same logic right integrating this technology with everyday life that's the way to make it really happen right so and therefore i believe that brands also do have a lot of a big role to play here because given the scale given the size and given the resources that they have they can really make it easy to take it mainstream right so here i want to understand from your perspective where do you see brands are missing the mark or something you know they can do better something they are not seeing yet obviously adds value to them as a business for the stakeholders but also in a bigger way add value to the technology to take it mainstream 
So what's the disconnect that is happening? Because you, again, both of you have worked with some of the biggest of the brands. So would love to hear your thoughts. Up to you, Rahul. Ah, cool. Uh, for the brand side, I feel we are at a good stage. Uh, we don't. So I'll give an example of, like, I've started, recently started uh, gardening, right? And just because I have a good plant, healthy plant, and I see that that plant can give me fruit, good fruits, I won't put too much fertilizer in it, or I won't put into a bigger uh, pot. It will take its time. So brand-wise, I feel we already have good brands. So we had Nike, right? We had Starbucks. I'm, a, I'm, I'm waiting for Netflix and other uh, entertainment uh, industries to come into the space. But we already have good uh, brands who are working on this. The thing is that it will take its own time. We can't force adaptation on like with what we want. Because the thing is that people will take time to learn. People will take, even brands will take time to learn the marketing of this. So uh, one of my biggest thing, like uh, favorite thing uh, to talk about is that this user has changed in Web2 to Web3, right? Mm -hmm. So... I'll give an example. In Web2, we had to do manipulation. We had to sell something which was a bit cynical, right? Because in Web2, I don't want you to think. I wanted to use a product which might be bad for you because I'm giving you cheap dopamine shots. But it is what it is. Like, I want to sell my product, so I got to do that. In Web3, now I have to guide you to not do that and then sell you something on your conscious. Like, I want you to know that what you were buying and make a conscious for decision, right? And doing that, it's tough of a balance because when you've been years, you've been selling something uh, like making a human like a zombie by using like the thumb thing is my favorite. Like you go to a phone, you just use your thumb without thinking twice, right? The algorithm is crazy like that. But in Web3, you're saying, you know what? Think what you're doing. Think twice before making any decision. So the whole mindset is changing for them, right? So right now I see brands who are trying to go back to that selling point that where they're trying to bank on the technology new tech they are trying to bank on the artists and everything but they are tech who wants to build a newer uh, version of their whole brand because they know that humans are going to change i love nike for that because they have always been about culture like the sneakers have always been about culture nfts and that, that is why when they collabed i was like this is amazing because they already are in the culture of artists and when they launch this this will bring, bring more artists and more People who love art. So there are sneakers, people who buy sneakers for reselling, but there are sneaker heads who buy sneakers because they are into that art. They are into that story. For example, I bought my first sneakers a few uh, months back at 28 for a very hefty price, which I never thought I would uh, invest in a suit. I haven't told my parents that because I know that I'm going to get a good scolding for that. But when I heard about their shoe and I heard the story about their shoe, I had connected to the story. And I feel like when I, so whenever I feel wear that sneaker, I feel that confident from that story, mm -hmm. right? So that brands is communicating from that culture. I, I, I think those are the brands which we need. So we don't need many brands. We need the right brands who will uh, talk about that, right? So I, I, I love, I like Netflix because people are saying that Netflix killed many uh, old videos and everything, but it is also giving a chance to small creators. And YouTube is amazing on that. YouTube is giving so much uh, chances to small creators who are making their own uh, movies and things. And then algorithm is bad there. Like people are kind of trained to do some things. But if someone builds a decentralized YouTube, 
where you can create your art and upload and you make the money how when people actually view it without the ads right so people buy so like i was working on this product which was a token world uh, youtube if you have you buy a creators nfts whatever they launch you get free access to it and you pay a monthly subscription fee to that artist so now what netflix did was instead of going to channels and see what you want you choose apps otts and movies now you even choose the content you want to see from the artist so you want to mm-hmm. see a uh anurag kashyap movie you pay anurag kashyap directly to make that movie you don't have yeah. to pay it somewhere else right so we want those kind of right brands instead of just getting all the brands who are trying to get into the spaces i think i i completely agree i think there is a there is a very good and positive sort of set of brands that are already entering the space i mean nike of course is probably one of the best examples cuz nft culture pretty much picks up from streetwear culture from hype culture right especially the pfp end of it literally just picks up from there nike what they did with collaborations what they did with you know people doing custom sneakers and what people were sort of almost like uh black marketing their shoes and then they literally just adopted that culture and started doing drops that is what nfts started off with with the pfps and all of that right and then of course nike went and bought rft kitty and they literally entered the whole ecosystem and they now have skin in the game tabaks is doing this in a really cool way because again defi is a very very big part of what nfts are also enabling you to do and if you actually sort of look at starbucks's history with their loyalty program it essentially made them into a bank like when they actually wrote the loyalty program it made them into a bank so being able to cite examples of these use cases even when you are talking to brands that should come into the ecosystem is definitely a huge help and is definitely a huge positive the negative and this actually goes back to what rahul was saying about the access to web there are a lot of people there are a lot of experts who have suddenly emerged who are who know nothing about web3 they are offering paid workshops on becoming nft artists which in itself if somebody was to understand web3 they would know that nobody should ever pay to access that knowledge right so there's this the wrong kind of voices that are screaming the loudest for attention which is where again i feel like while we have this beautiful bubble you know in web3 where most of the cool stuff is happening the loud voices that are actually coming into web2 are the wrong voices not always but there's a lot of them and every time i scroll instagram i find more and more of these right people who are web3 experts or nft experts and whatever and they're trying to sell that knowledge which is available and which we all got for free and we have always passed on for free mm-hmm. so i feel like there is a danger of the wrong messaging going out exactly what rahul was saying even to brands there is a danger of them using web3 as just a sort of gimmick and we do see that happen very often it is who did rug pull some of oh, the look. names start with l but uh... <laughs> <laughs> lots of famous creators have done rug pulls but 
you know, that is because some expert from Web3 went and told them, Are paisa kamate. come, let's make a whole lot of money. You know, and overnight they'll make a few crores and that's it, they're gone. Nobody knows because they are sold to people who are essentially Web2 people who don't even know that this is supposed to be something that gives you some further value and has something beyond what, you know, like essentially people are selling the hype right now. So it is also really important for those of us who are already in Web3 to consciously educate whoever we're working with. Because it's very easy to take their money, make the right sounds and make the right noises. But eventually you're going to create so much distrust in new people coming into Web3 when more and more of these things happen that we, at least like those of us who are already active and who are sort of, who have kind of bought into the you know, the idea of what this whole decentralized movement stands for. We should try to encourage more people to do things the right way, which is again why it's very important that people come into the ecosystem rather than just learning a little bit as Rahul sort of was saying. Um, but when we go out, we need to be very, very conscious about this because, you know, I keep, I keep talking to different brands and very often they'll just be like, huh, we just want to do something with NFTs. Kuch nahi hai marketing campaign, hai, ye itna budget hai, let's do this. <laughs> And you're like, does it act? What is it that you're trying to do? Why do you want to do an NFT? The other thing, yeah, this is, I think, a very important point. Very often, people think that NFTs are a thing you're selling. Mm. NFT is a piece of technology. It is a medium to do something. So even, so when I'm talking to artists as well, I do not like the term NFT artist. Because if you are not building value as an artist, across the board and you are trying to only be an NFT artist, it's like saying I only post whatever, you know, on one particular platform or whatever and I'm building everything there. Anybody who builds, I think uh, Rahul had used this example for something with PFPs and comic books. If you're building a story outside of selling that NFT, that story is going to sell your NFT. But if you're only building an NFT and then trying to justify a story, it's never going to be as popular or as strong. There has to be a reason. So what people also need to sort of start understanding and explaining as well is an NFT in itself is not a product. An NFT is just a medium of whatever, right? It is just a contract. And that contract can literally be for anything. You know, I think one of the best use cases right now is land records. I think Maharashtra and a couple of other governments are already looking at moving on to the blockchain for their land records. But the, the NFT in itself is not the product here, it's still the land. You know, so this little bit of communication is another thing where people tend to lose the plot. Like I got somebody who called me a few days ago telling me that they have a certain very large budget in mind and their son wants to make NFTs. 18-year-old kid of a very, very prominent business person saying, my son wants to make NFTs. It's like, okay, so what is it that you want to do? No, no, that is what we want to hire you for. It's like, well, I need to know what you want to do. I can, you know, find you the right artist. I can help you navigate Web3. We can build a smart contract. We can do what you want, but you have to decide what the business is. Like, what is the product? What is it that you're selling? And people seem to be losing that in all the other crazy narratives out there where they think that NFTs are a thing in themselves, mm -hmm. you know? 
I hope I didn't digress too much from us talking about brands, but I feel like that is a conversation that a lot of brands also do not understand. And the onus is on us to actually explain it to them. That makes a lot of sense. Finally, let's let's talk about the career aspect, right? For young professionals, young students, um, how does the market look like? Because it's not just lack of knowledge or lack of right knowledge, so to speak, uh, uh, with so much noise around it or hype around it. But also, there's a familiar, uh, I mean, a factor coming from parents, right? Because they're scared. Hey, if I say I want to pursue a career in Web three, and my parents tell me that hey, this is not a, a sustainable career. So do not do that. So they discourage me from doing that. So um, what is your advice in terms of thinking about a career here and then taking the right steps? How do I find the right resources, tools to you know um, start building my career here? So you want to add anything here? Uh, I think, again, you need to figure out which side of the whole thing you need to be in, right? Because just like anything else, just like any other industry, <laughs> There is a broad spectrum of careers on offer here. You can be on the technical side, you can be a developer, you can be a coder, you can be a product person, you can be a marketer, you can be a community manager. That's that's a new one that, you know, I think Web3 is sort of brought in. You can be a community manager, you can be an artist, you can be a creator. And depending on where you fall within this spectrum, you're literally just taking skills that are applicable in various um, industries and then applying them to, you know, what is a very, very nascent industry that is set to boom. I think we've touched on this earlier as well, where Raul was sort of talking about this. It is still early days, which means that if you are building something today, like he's, I think he used the example of a logo, you may not be building, you may not be making a logo for a multi-million dollar company today, but five years down the line, that company that is worth nothing today, is probably going to be the next Google or Microsoft or whatever, or at least has the potential to do that. So that is what makes this space interesting. That is what makes this space sort of exciting. Um, and also there is a very sort of global nature to this space, right? You are, if you have the right skills and if you have, if you develop the right skills and you develop enough of a curiosity to learn about, you know, especially the tech side of this, I mean, even if you're not a coder or whatever yourself, if you are curious enough to know how things work and are able to communicate those, your skills are pretty much employable across the world right now. You could very easily be sitting in India and get a job doing something, even sitting here remotely for a project sitting out of the, you know, out of the US or out of Japan or wherever else. And you can also actually up and move wherever because most blockchain companies that are building things even out of India usually are sort of registered and housed all over. I mean, as I'm sure again, Rahul, <laughs> someone who's worked for organizations that are doing this, right? So the opportunity is huge. You just need to figure out what, you know, if you're still deciding on your career, you just need to figure out where you fit into the spectrum. And within that, then you'd apply those skills. So you would still, if you want to do a technology, you know, if you want to do something with tech, you'd still ideally want to aspire to an IIT rather than trying to find something that is very, very specific. What I would recommend is do not actually look at a lot of these internet marketing courses that people are putting out because most of those are being put out by people who probably are just looking at using this as 
a quick buck then quick buck money yeah yeah i think that is my advice like just be careful try to find the community and then navigate your way through rather than trying to go to somebody who's trying to say er do a 21 day course and you can become a millionaire that will never happen you still have to do the work like you're going to be you're going to get and be laughed at that's what has happened with any nft person who has done an nft course the the first thing that happens is they laughed at and then they realize that they know nothing and have to unlearn everything so don't fall for that scam well said very well said yeah so i think that covered most of the stuff uh, the only thing i like to add in this whole piece is that uh, in blockchain or any new tech the only thing you need is curiosity if you're curious about learning something new you can make a career out of this and again this I, there's been a pattern so if i give my personal example when i was in my second year of commerce and i did i have done mass and commerce and when i was second year from bbcom one of my friend asked rahul hey let's do animation it's a new thing you make movies you do this you make visuals and everything and uh, i told my father ki hey i want to do animation and that time the fees was somewhere around 2 lakhs mm-hmm. and i was paying so i uh, i i was paying 2.5k per semester in my college for commerce graduate so that means uh, it won't even cost 20k to finish my bcom right getting a graduation degree 20k but then my father was like you want me to pay 2 lakh for a 6 month animation course which is not even connected to university and uh, you want to do in a, uh, you want me to, to pay for this i was like yeah and he was like no because he at that time was like how like how does he justify this he was not able to visualize this in that when now when i am like mature and think about it i was like yeah that was kind of like out of the line even i don't want to pay for it for my kid now but i also feel like if you compare the money well i was for graduation set system based learning to a course right i would like i was i was to say no but what happened yeah. was because i was curious that other friend paid the money and i started going to his home to learn from him so i was getting second base knowledge but at least i was getting something because i was curious and then i found internet and google can youtube kind of help it right so if you want to learn from blockchain don't like you can join the courses again uh, i feel there are fake courses but there are good courses also so you need to kind of be able to find out and the best way to do that is go on twitter don't look look at the following uh, like of the content creator because a content creator would have bigger following most of people won't interact with that content but find small creators find small people who are talking about uh, who have don't have bigger audience and then ask them hey i want to do this where should i go right mm-hmm. and they'll tell you the right person to follow right for me twitter right now even twitter is the best place for me to learn i still learn about mm-hmm. technology from small creators who are writing threads for 2 likes yeah. i two people are liking their threads but i i am getting so much knowledge from them and then i ask them hey i want to learn something where do i go like that's how i found vitalik's blog someone's like you want to learn about this uh, study vitalik's blog he launched every few weeks every few months read that and you'll get knowledge about it i learned about soulbound tokens from that i could go to internet and then know but i found out sbts or soulbound tokens from that blog which was kind of boring but i was curious to learn right yeah. so go on twitter do your due diligence again uh, always be your which is do your own research and uh, find folks connect to humans instead of just getting into sales thing because 
you will learn like i won't lie in web3 also blockchain even with these fake courses you will learn something but the thing is that it won't be that useful and it won't be worth your money that's what i feel so if you're investing at least invest something while knowing or finding uh, so a good example would be uh, ava tv it's a youtube channel which create content on case studies on companies right they are running their own video editing cohort i'd rather do that than going into any other co- innovation or institute and running video editing because they are practically doing it i can see their work on youtube channel every single day then i mm-hmm. i want to learn from those few folks who are practically doing it and then can teach me so that's i think that's the advice i have for people gold gold advice so yeah again thank you so much for the advice makes a lot of sense all right i think with that on that note we'll call it an end to this this to this awesome session